right, everybody, welcome back uh, to the Crypto 101 podcast. It is your host, Bryce, solo mission today, uh, flashing my bat signal to Pete's of mind. He's MIA. Uh, <laughs> Pete's, I, I hope you're doing well, man. But uh, I'm joined today by a special guest, Ori uh, from Orca, okay? The co-founder, uh, deep into DeFi, crypto, all things blockchain. Uh, welcome to the Crypto 101 podcast, Ori. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're, we're going to dive into all sorts of fun stuff today. But but uh, before we get started, uh, let's dive into a little bit about your background. Uh, how did you kind of really come to start Orca and, and really start your journey here in crypto? It was a complete trip down the accidental rabbit hole, so to speak. <laughs> I was happily working away. As it often is. Yeah, as it is, as it is. Um, I was, yeah, happily working away as a designer in Tokyo, I was actually um, at IDEO at the time. My background's always been sort of a mix of design and technology. Started out studying computer science at Stanford, studied human-computer interaction, worked as an engineer at Coursera, and built some of the learning experience that you can still see on the website today if you've ever taken a course. Uh, Very cool. engineer for a few more years before transitioning more fully into design, which is what um, is still kind of my, my first love and remains my my true love, I think, when it comes to work. So I feel lucky when I get to do it at Orca. But yeah, long story short is during COVID, I actually moved into a co-living house in Tokyo. And lo and behold, across the street was, or not even across the street, across the hall uh, was my co-founder, Yutaro. Uh, and he was already working at the Ethereum Foundation. He is a full-on economics geek, math geek, computer science geek, and of course, if you put the things together, like crypto geek. Um, and so before long, we started hacking on some side projects and our extra free time from being quarantined. One thing led to another, and before we knew it, we were building an AMM on Solana. And the rest is history. The rest is history. In Solana, right? I mean, just if we if we kind of jump to uh, to current times, Solana was plagued with a lot of FUD uh, over the past, you know, call it two or three months since FTX collapsed. Uh, how did you guys kind of hold up just recently throughout all this? Did you guys experience a lot of volatility with and, and higher volumes as people were kind of like looking for more places to trade, or were things kind of disrupted? Totally. I mean, I think you're jumping right to the silver lining there, right? High volatility, yeah. what we call not to, not to be a leading question or anything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially crab markets, you know, kind of just going back and forth when it comes to yeah. prices are really good for Orca. In general, I would say that it was a, a hard time for a lot of people in the ecosystem, but Orca was in a very lucky position. We were very well funded, have enough runway for the next several years, already had hired out the team pretty much that was necessary to to build out the, the vision for Orca. And overall, I think things have actually gone really well over the past couple of months. Um, it's been you know, a stressful time for people, but I think we've also made changes internally to make that a little easier for everyone, like recently instituted a four-day work week. So I'd say things are oh. going very well. Okay. A four work, a four week, uh, sorry, a four day work week. Uh, it reminds me of there's a, a book, the four hour work week. So mm-hmm. you're not cutting back all the way to the the scale of that. Timothy Ferris, four hour work week, but a four day work week. Uh, what, what's kind of the the idea behind that? Yeah, I mean, it was honestly coming from the fact that people on the team are so passionate about their work, and also I think so when you're really into crypto, you know, you're into crypto. It's like a 24-7 thing. And also experiencing some level of burnout, right? Like I love Mm -hmm. what I do, but if you're doing it 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, you, you honestly just start going a little crazy. Like even if your mind is into it, your body can't really keep up. And notice that with yeah. our, our folks and said, okay, you know, with a five day work week, people are still working kind of like six, seven days, even if they want to, let's, let's set a four day work week, set a good example, actually take some time off. And I think we've already seen the benefits of that when it comes to people being uh, better rested, more creative, more productive, and honestly, just like happier too, which is big. Yeah, just better attitudes, just, yeah. just coming in, you know, having Monday yeah. off. Uh, <laughs> For sure. uh, no, that's awesome. I love it. Um, and, and so tell us a little bit about Orca. Um, it's an AMM. So a lot of people know automated market maker, um, but, but even people are like, okay, well, what even is a market maker? So what does Orca do and, and what's it trying to optimize for? So Orca is really building the core building block of DeFi, which is the ability to trade one token for another, right? That that's basically the fundamental of anything that you need for an economy and really also what you need to build these more complex applications. And so what Orca does is really strike this balance between making a simple buying and selling experience for people who are just there to pick up certain tokens and, and actually a very incredibly sophisticated and I'd say like quite technologically beautiful approach to that liquidity that's very blockchain native and that's concentrated liquidity. And so while Orca started out as a basic sort of constant product AMM, you might be familiar with the UDB2 model right now. The main driver of Orca's volume, which happens to be the highest in Solana also, is uh, the concentrated liquidity pools, which I would say- is that are like UDB3? Yeah, I would say it's actually the next evolution of the order book for traders in DeFi. Okay, expand on that. Sure. So I think there's a lot of baggage that comes along with the term AMM, to be honest. I think there's a lot of beauty and elegance to the simplicity of the basic constant product AMM model. But the downside of it is that it's just not very capital efficient. Uh, the fact that it's so simple almost means that it can't be really optimized for some of these particular edge cases, right? And so when Uni V3 came out, I think that demonstrated by the fact that Uni V3 also drives the majority of trading volume of any decks in the wider DeFi landscape, that this is an incredibly capital efficient and computationally efficient model, which is important when you're working with the constraints of a blockchain. But what Orca seeks to do and what it I think Orca is already doing is pushing the boundaries of that, which is unlocked by the performance of Solana and wouldn't have been possible on Ethereum. Hmm. So, so when, when, when people hear capital efficiency, um, to, to them, it might not mean a, a lot. They might not have a lot of context around it. When, when I hear it, it kind of sounds like leverage, right? Like how do you get the most bang for your buck, right? Capital efficiency. But how do you think about uh, capital efficiency and what does it mean to uh, different protocols like Orca, like Uniswap, uh, and also like the perpetual swaps uh, sort of exchanges like uh, DYDX. I'll try to ELI five this to the degree possible. So yeah, capital much, much appreciated, much appreciated. <laughs> capital that's, that's our favorite kind of explanations okay. here at Crypto 101. All right, let's do it. So yeah, capital efficiency sounds like a scary term, but really what it comes down to is better prices. So as a trader, I think let, let's give the example of, let's say you're buying some ABC token, right? It's not a real token, but we'll just use that as an example. So like ABC maybe costs like five USD roughly per ABC. Um, but depending on where you're trading, there, there might be a different price, right? Like sometimes it might be 
dollars to the ABC or 5.5. And with the automated market maker model, other people are basically providing the money needed to actually make that trade. So if you want to, let's say, buy one ABC, there has to be someone who's willing to sell it, right? And so what's really magical about the AMM is that it automatically facilitates these trades. So people just put in their money, they put in some ABC, some USDC, for example, and then the algorithm figures out how to basically trade those so people get what they want. Uh, but the more money that people put in, the more liquidity, in other words, the better the prices are in the basic model. Uh, but the concentrated liquidity AMM is a further innovation on that that allows these people who provide the money needed for trades, liquidity providers, to do so in a way that's honestly just a lot savvier. They get a lot more flexibility, a lot more control. They can choose what price ranges that those um, trade that, that, that liquidity is used for. I won't get too much into the details, but long story short, it gives these liquidity providers more control, and that in short results in better prices for people who are just looking to buy or sell tokens. Yeah, and is it more like... Um... Like how, yeah, I think people are maybe familiar with an order book like on Coinbase or Kraken or something where they could say, okay, I want to set a limit order at, at, at a certain price. Is that kind of how Orca works? You can go um, and set a limit price um, instead of just saying I have to a swap at the market price? So that is not the way that people usually think about concentrated liquidity AMMs, but it is actually possible via a concentrated liquidity AMM. And that's actually what we're building out right now is the ability for folks who are familiar with that type of model of placing limit orders and stop limits, et cetera, to be able to do so in the exact same interface that they're already comfortable with down to, you know, candlestick charts. Uh, but it's facilitated under the hood by a concentrated liquidity AMM, which I think is just so freaking cool, by the way, because that is also just way more efficient. Again, and like that means it runs smoother, less failures, and just more blockchain native. Yeah, yeah, cool, very, very cool. And, and how can uh, tokens kind of get listed on the Orca decentralized exchange? Is there sort of an approval process, or is it any contract that launches on Solana um, could kind of open up a pair? So earlier last year, Orca launched community listings, which allows anyone to go ahead and create a concentrated liquidity pool for any pair of tokens. Uh, tokens that are on CoinGecko will be automatically populated. There's also a review process for tokens that are new. But in general, Orca's aim is to basically be the place for, for anyone who wants to create their own token and to service the, the long tail as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of the long tail, when, when you say that, is that like um, being able to service like all the different tokens that anybody might launch, like being able to service, um, you know, exchanges uh, of, you know, hundreds of thousands of different tokens? When you say the long tail, what do you mean by that? Yeah. I mean, long term, I think, to be honest, I don't think we're going to really know what the real use cases of crypto are that, that make crypto take off. We might have some guesses. Uh, but in order to facilitate the explosion of creativity that we saw in the Web 2 era and even in the Web 1 era, we need to give builders these, these building blocks. And so I really see Orca and similar infrastructure level projects as essentially public goods, uh, things that allow people who have creativity, who have drive and who have the, the interest to just build whatever comes to mind. So, you know, you could launch a Crypto 101 token or I could launch an Ori token and just put it on there and come up mm -hmm. with some project around it.
So these days, it's no secret, right? I mean, every new potential hire feels like a high stakes wager, a gamble, right? For your small business. There's not a lot of margin for error. Um, You want to make sure you find the 100% perfect person, okay? And you want to be certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available to, to help you choose from, right? So guys, listen very closely. For small business owners, this is exactly why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, okay? LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. In fact, I found a ton of people uh, that work for us here at Crypto 101, through LinkedIn jobs. So it is totally easy to create a free job post. You select some settings that they provide for you and you're off and running. Then after that, you can add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. So simple tools like screening questions make it super duper easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and spend some time with and then eventually hire, okay? So we want to get a really strong start here to the year. Uh, And guys, with that being said, uh, the right team member might be able to help you do that. And it's why small businesses are rating LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So uh, guys, LinkedIn jobs, it's going to help you find the qualified candidates. And you're going to find them a lot faster than you normally would. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash crypto. Okay. That's linkedin.com slash crypto to post your job for totally free, but terms and conditions do apply. So I got to ask just because you guys are firmly on the, uh, the Solana camp. Uh, tell us how you came to that, uh, thesis to launch on Solana versus uh, Ethereum or a different competing, uh, competing platform. It's the technology and the team. And we're really not chain maximalists. And, you know, I can say this because, you know, Yutaro, my co-founder, was literally working for the Ethereum Foundation when I met him. True, too yeah. sure. And, like, we actually started out building our first project on Ethereum, too. Uh, but that also happened to be during peak DeFi summer. And I think we could just very quickly see that the scale was necessary, right? We had these slightly naive but well-intentioned dreams of building things like things that could be very similar to a high interest savings application for folks who might not really have the financial means to, you know, use something that was a little bit more regulated. Uh, but when, when fees are like 50 bucks on Ethereum, just to make a deposit, that's not really going to work. Right. And so when we started right. looking into other alternatives, Utaro had already done a bunch of research on L2s and basically come out with, the perspective that they just couldn't be as robust, reliable, or performant as a really good L1. And then Solana comes along. I think we see the the interest from folks like, I mean, SBF, it takes a very different light now, but I think they, they did build an incredible product with Serum. And when we actually looked into the technology more, uh, you know, talked to the team, quickly came out with the conviction that they were real engineers. I think that's something that Utara and I both appreciate as folks from who are engineers as well is that you, I think you get a lot of folks who are very like research minded, but the Solana folks have really fought tooth and nail to build a product that works and works at scale. Fascinating. Now, yeah, it makes sense. It's like, you got to make sure that there's, there's lots of uh, sustainability, lots of strong development behind uh, any given platform. And, and for Orca, uh, I know there's um, something called Whirlpools, which have been developed or are currently being developed. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Whirlpools and how yield is generated in them? 
For sure. So whirlpools are actually just what I've been describing this whole time, which are Orca's concentrated liquidity pools. It's signature oh, product. Okay. Uh, so whirlpool, I just came up with this name because concentrated liquidity is kind of like a whirlpool. Uh, and that was to differentiate primarily from our original pools, which are the constant product pools. But those are actually now being sunsetted, which I'm actually really excited for because I think this, the data has shown that concentrated liquidity is the future. And so that's kind of the direction of the product as a whole. Love it. Well, you see a lot of other projects that uh, kind of either list on Orca or maybe you meet them up at hackathons or whatever. Um, and according to uh, a big report, by Electric Capital um, that just came out, I think, last month. Solana is like the fastest growing ecosystem uh, in crypto right now, despite the whole FTX FUD. Um, so all that being said, do you have another kind of standout Solana project that you think is really pushing the boundaries of what's possible? Um, another favorite project, and again, not financial advice, um, definitely not investment advice or anything, but any other cool projects on Solana that you really like? I think the other coolest thing happening on Solana is actually the NFT ecosystem on Solana. It is. Okay. Let's booming. go there. Yeah. The Let's NFTs on Solana have really strong communities. And to be honest, I was a huge NFT skeptic before. I looked <laughs> yeah, at all, likewise initially, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at all these like PFPs. Honestly, I'm just like not a pixel art gal. I, I feel like, you know, it's cute. I liked it when I was playing like got the bug. games, but I don't know, as an artist, they don't really appeal to me. But I think looking more deeply, I think I was just shocked at actually how NFTs on Solana are still thriving, frankly, post the, the FTX crash. They were almost unaffected by like what's happening in DeFi and the wider markets. And I think it's because people seriously love this stuff. And there's such cool stuff happening in the one of one art scene right now. You see people like artists actually being able to be a lot more experimental with their work, a lot more technology driven in the types of um, art that they're making. And then the communities themselves, you know, I recently actually joined uh, both Boogles and SMB and have been really surprised by, well, not surprised, but impressed by the quality of connections, deal flow, alpha, and also just friendships that you find in these places. Wait, so Google, you're saying Google has an NFT oh, trading group? Not Google. Uh, Boogle is basically uh, one of the the bigger NFT. B Boogle with a B. Okay. The better known. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, They're well, I'll have to look those guys up. But uh, does Orca trade NFTs? Orca is not an NFT AMM, although NFT AMMs are also a, a trend right now. There, there are a few out there that I think are really exciting. Um, HadeSwap, Tensor are, are probably the the hottest names in that market right now. And is it fair to say that, um, I guess, I guess the natural question for me is why not, right? Why, why doesn't Orca, but I guess is the question, it's a completely technical, like different stack in order to trade normal tokens versus NFTs or, or, or is that a part of the roadmap to be able to trade NFTs? We did look into it and we wouldn't rule it out, but it honestly just doesn't make sense for Orca's roadmap right now. There is so much to be developed in the core AMM that we're really geeky about right now and super excited to build out. Yeah. NFT AMM space has some really strong players, like I mentioned, and the technology is completely different. And so although we collaborate with these NFT projects, we don't see them as competitors right now. Yeah, no, there's definitely something to say about doing one thing and doing it very well. Um, so it's it's important to stay focused. Um, does Orca have any plans to support the GameFi ecosystem uh, in Solana in a, in a different capacity uh, outside of NFTs? 
It already has. I, you know, people may be familiar with Steppen. Uh, that was kind of like the first big game to really blow up on Solana. Kind of a move. Yep, I remember Steppen. I remember somebody showing me those the yeah. shoes you could buy and walk around, and he was running miles a day, making money. It was crazy. Running, running miles, you know. Well, what more do you want? You got to pay for these diet plans in the past, but uh, yeah, yeah they, their pools were actually powered by Orca, and that was actually an integration that happened even without us looking out for it. It was actually just recommended to them that Orca be the liquidity layer because it's more reliable, fast, easy to integrate, et cetera. And so I think what we're already seeing uh, is this natural adoption by GameFi. But at the same time, you know, I think that was also a signal to Orca that there's a huge opportunity there. And so there's there's a deck I can share with anyone interested that covers how Orca can be used for games. And definitely, I think more interesting integrations can be built there. Um, one thing that I'm really excited to see um, that's, I think, a great example of Orca's continuing decentralization is actually a Unity SDK that's integrating Orca for trades under the hood. And that's being built by third-party developers on Solana. Interesting. Interesting. Hey, guys. TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months. But don't worry, when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also, it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recording. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Eufy Video Lock is 24-7, so you don't have to worry about any issues you have, and it comes with an 18-month warranty. What I love about this product is it is truly all-in-one. With the three-in-one, you don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit ufeofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Ufee Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Um, no, so so when I think about Web3, it's got a lot of different components. It's got, you know, finance, um, as we just talked about, NFTs. Um, and another part uh, of the whole ecosystem that hasn't really been, I would say, nailed is like the identity or the login. I mean, there's Wallet Connect and, and a couple kind of clunky. Uh, clunky ways to like associate your identity with a wallet. But uh, do you guys have any um, sort of preferred partners or any kind of technology that you're looking at that you think makes the user interface of blockchain applications easier? I guess that's kind of the crux of the question. I have a lot of wireframes around this, actually. Kind of my <laughs> like I've been thinking about it because somebody needs to do it. <laughs> yeah, on the identity wallet side. Again, it's sort of a resource issue. I think we're relatively early still when it comes to Solana, identity, adoption. And that I think one of the, the biggest pain point right now is the wallet experience, if you ask me. Yeah. There are just so many things that remain painful about it. Totally. And there just needs to be more development before it can be really smooth. Things like Saga, the new Solana phone, are actually making adoption easier with things like you know managing your seed phrases. Long-term... We need to move away from the idea of addresses, I think, to get mass adoption. It needs to be the these idea of identity needs to be more solid, like you said. But I think in a world where things are very decentralized and unlike Ethereum, Solana hasn't really landed on a single, um, you know, ENS like provider. There are some folks who use the Solana name service, but it's not nearly as widespread. And so right now, I'd say we're focusing on building the core Um, There aren't really partners that I'm aware of that are doing it in a way that I think is really widely adopted enough to make sense. Um, But my my pipe dream is to be able to focus a little bit more on that side. Do have a lot of wireframes in that respect. Yeah. So to kind of give an audience of of how big uh, the total value locked uh, that um, I guess Orca could have or how much money could really be facilitated on the exchange, um, you know, do you guys like how... What's the next step? Like, are you guys going to be onboarding um, Bitcoin or, you know, real world asset securities? Like Larry Fink just came out and said that he thinks the future of all securities is tokenization. And you guys are building a token exchange. Are you guys going to be onboarding uh, real world assets to exchange? Um, what's, what's the grand vision? The grand vision is for Orca to be this infrastructure, right, that can power everything from real world assets to game assets to, you know, even more uh, peg stable coins for different real world currencies. 
the point is not for Orca to make those determinations, I think. And I'm also very against paying for trade volume and, and liquidity in a very in- inorganic manner. I think rushing these things for marketing purposes is something that, although it's very common in crypto, goes against my personal values. I think we got to go with the flow in terms of adoption. There are things we can do to help it along. But right now, like I like I mentioned a few times, I think the technology is just not there yet, right? Like we've seen incredible gains in the past few years, but things need to be more reliable, smoother, more efficient um, in order to really be at the level where we can start powering these things at a wide scale. So I think patience is a virtue. Patience is a virtue and and just keep building. Uh, and I think the quote is build it and they will come, right? And here we are uh, talking about building during uh, kind of the heart of a bear market. Of course, there's a nice little rally right now in the market, but, you know, still things are, you know, there's been a lot of players wiped out and, and you know, economy is in, in the gutter. Um, and so it's about building quality products, building investing in you know technology that will power the future and letting the market decide how to use it. I like what you said about you know you know we're going to build this technology that's kind of neutral and you know it's open source people can kind of come and build on it and extend it and um you know I love it. It's 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 great and it's exactly what we need um and patience is a virtue right now. So Ori, uh, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. There's, there's a lot of other things that we could kind of go into uh, in, in terms of you know NFTs um, and, and other DeFi things that get you excited, but maybe a conversation for a different day. Um, but last question for you, uh, before we let you go, I'm curious, who do you look up to um, in crypto? Like, you know, has somebody kind of inspired you um, outside of maybe your co-founder or somebody you work closely with, um, anybody who you admired from afar? Ooh, from afar? I, I don't know if this is, too, it's a medium distance. I was actually- Okay, gonna, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Throw out uh, Chris Berniski, who is one of our okay, leaders yeah, over at Placeholder. He just has such a depth of experience from being through all the way from Bitcoin, literally like writing a book on this stuff, through the Ethereum highs and lows, through being actually a Solana doubter to now a Solana believer. And, you know, one of the things that I actually respect the most in any human being in or out of crypto is the ability to change one's mind when presented with reasonable evidence. And I think yeah. he is so thoughtful, so well-researched and also gives just great life advice. You know, everything from how to actually do like the nitty gritty company and legal stuff to just like honestly mental health as a founder are things that we are able to talk to Chris about. And so I'm very, very grateful to, to have him not only as an investor, but as a friend. That's awesome. What a great compliment. Uh, Chris Berniski from Placeholder. Um, shout out. So yeah, thank you so much, Ori, for coming on. Uh, we hope to hear from you again here soon. Uh, come back on when there's you know a couple more big updates or any announcements you want to share. Thank you. We'd love to. And before I forget, um, and before we let you go, where can people kind of tag along for the journey? Are you guys mostly in Discord? You guys spend time in Telegram, uh, Twitter? God, no Telegram. Let's avoid Telegram. (laughs) (laughs) That is not where you can find the community. It used to. It's got out of control. You can find us on Twitter. uh, That's Orca underscore SO for Solana. And you can find me on Twitter also at Ori the Orca. Links to our Discord and all that are also there if you want to dive in a little bit deeper. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Uh, Everybody home watching, uh, stay tuned. Uh, We'll have some more guests later in the week.
prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.